1: ad nauseum, you and I are the same age. Yes. Have you, have you begun experiencing yet the phenomenon, uh, that I have have noticed of late that like any attempt to do anything fun? No, I'm not even talking like strenuous activity, like going out and like, Partying or like heavy workouts or like trying to, trying to sports, anything like that. Just like, sure, things you know. I do often. Uh, yeah, all the three yeah of those totally. You, yeah. I, I mean, I know that that's your jam. So I, I don't even know why I'm asking <laughs> you this question. Uh, but no, like the, the couple nights that like, I like, I went out to the arcade and I, I maybe stayed out a little too late, but like literally all I did was just play video games and, like nothing, nothing strenuous or like, um, Yesterday, I went on a, a, a bit of a trip, which I'll tell you about in a moment. But uh, the phenomenon to which I'm referring to is no matter what, no matter how low impact, uh, so far it seems that anything fun that I do results in me waking up the next morning feeling like I was roughed up in a parking lot for protection money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a very specific feeling. Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, I'll be honest. I, I'm I'm 50 50, and I know that this is going to skew my my uh, like thought process on this. But I had COVID uh, oh, in July, yeah, yeah. and I've been kind of blaming like, why am I like getting exhausted from doing any sort of like normal, but more than normal, like slightly more than normal uh, physical activity, like if I'm bringing in three bags of groceries, you know, I live on the second floor of an apartment, it's all stairs. I bring it in six months ago. I would be like, okay, groceries are down good. But now I'm like, okay, I got to take a minute before I put away the groceries. And it's like, what, what change? And I've been blaming COVID, but it could be, that could be an age thing. It
1: could be an age thing, but now you've just made me think because like, I have gone the, the past, you know, uh, nearly three years since the, the pandemic first began in late 2019. Uh, I have not been sick at all, to my knowledge. I have not been noticeably sick. I've had no symptoms. I've had no positive tests. I've had no, no real reason to be afraid. I mean, we had a, a couple of exposure scares that resulted in, again, negative tests and no symptoms. So to my knowledge, I've never had COVID. But given that we know it's possible to have it and be asymptomatic, now I wonder, like, do I have long COVID? <laughs> Just like, <laughs> right, I'm you? like long-term fucked for the rest of my life without even knowing why, like that's entirely possible. Uh, and so now I don't know whether to blame it on age or that. And now I'm, I'm even more sad, <laughs> but. I <laughs> Yeah, let me tell you why it was worth it. Uh, I want to hear. Remember how I, I've I, I've told you that there is a, a fried chicken place in Louisville called Royals that uh, it yes. just has like honestly, if there's any place that in in this country that makes better fried chicken, I haven't found it yet, uh, and I am willing to uh, to do the research. Um, so we we did, <laughs> willing participate. I am in a that, willing in participant that in that study <laughs> to find the country's best fried chicken. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> We did that thing again where we're like, "Hey, do you want to go to you wanna go to Louisville this weekend for Royals?" <laughs> so we got in the car early yesterday morning. And, you know, we had our cup of coffee, our smoothie. We you know, grabbed a grabbed a, a cup of coffee for the road and just drove the three and a half hours specifically to get fried chicken in Louisville, uh, which was worth it in and of itself. Even if literally, if we like finished, like washed our hands, got back in the car and drove home, it would have been worth it. Uh, but you know, while I was there, I did, uh, did a little driving around, did a little bit of uh, mental research for uh, for the story that I'm writing, and then you know, we just kind of explored the city a little bit. We checked out the like historic old town district. We were gonna go uh, check out another neighborhood, but it turns out there was this like massive pride festival event, which looked awesome, but like it was a it was a cluster. So like trying to find parking and like wander through all those people, we're like, yeah, maybe not. Let's just we'll head towards home. We were going like, have I told you about butt drugs? <laughs> so there's a billboard go on uh, on, on uh, 64 westbound leaving the city of Louisville uh, on, on the Indiana side. You know, if you, if you spend any time down in Kentucky, Anna, you'll probably see it. Um, that is advertising a uh, a legit uh, pharmacy that is called Butt Drugs. And when I say Butt Drugs, I mean it is spelled B U T T. Capital B U T T, like someone's name is Butt, uh, and they run a druggist. Uh, and you know, it's it's obviously obviously that sign is meant to draw people in for for a, sure. a roadside adventure. Uh, and that's it's in Corydon, Indiana, which is the old the old capital. I know that because uh, we used to stay at the old Capitol Inn uh, frequently when traveling across the country as a kid. Uh, so we were going to go there, but it closed early. We didn't make it, so we decided to uh, to take a little. Side detour through this little little tiny town across the river from um, from Louisville called uh, New Albany, Indiana, and you know it's the kind of thing where like from the highway it looks like maybe like two blocks, one road of like like really nice like. 1800 brick row house uh, row buildings, like, you know, real nice downtown. It basically, like, picture, like, the the main two strips of, like, Salina Street in Syracuse, but, like, strip it down to, like, that's the town. Gotcha. That's what it looks like from the highway. We got off, and actually, like, it's not big, but it is fucking adorable. Uh, and I just, I fell in love with it immediately. There's a tiny little, like, shack of a diner that's painted all, like, bright blues. It's called Lady Tron. And it has, like, a, a robot. Yes, that's a band. Is it? I I, actually, I think you're right, yeah. yeah. Um, It has, like, a, a robot, like, waiter or server, or whatever, standing out front. Um, and then I looked at their menu, and all of the dishes are named after, like, badass women in sci-fi. So, like, Ripley, Uhura, uh, et cetera. So, like, I fucking, I, again, that was also closed, but I intend to go back to go to there sometime because that place looked amazing. I mean,
0: that sounds amazing. That sounds like a worthy road trip.
1: Also wandered into this neat-looking little boutique called Him and Her and found, like, listen, I never find, like, nice things that fit me well. Uh, I've just got, like, this weird, absurdly average body shape where, like, everything that's mass-produced is either too large or too small, and, like, nothing fits me right. I saw this really nice coat, and I'm not sure what it's made out of. We couldn't find the the ingredients tag Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but it feels like it's cashmere uh and it's like just like halfway down my my thigh length this like long gray button-up soft like wool coat uh and i picked it up and i'm like no there's no way there's no way this is going to be like way too small or it's going to be like real dumpy looking i put it on and when i tell you it fit me fucking perfectly (laughs) And then, like the inside is this crazy like paisley thing, or like on the outside, oh, it's I like, like that. the outside is like you know real like neutral light gray, very Professor coy vibes. And the inside, it's like, bam! I'm Eric from Sex Education. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, I actually I, I did post a, a real quick video clip on my my Instagram, so you can actually you can see it. I no, one, I can see none it. of the rest of you can unless you
0: don't you. go to see it though. The rest <laughs> of you are not
1: allowed. Uh, but yeah, so like I just. Super stuck. It was a very good day, um, but yeah. You know, this morning, I woke up and I was like, "Oh my god, why? Why do I feel like literally somebody dragged me out of bed and just started beating me with hammers?" <laughs> Which is a very uh, not great way to wake up. Uh, so,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I don't. It must be. It must be an age thing. Um, I think because that that is definitely if I'm more active. I wake up the next day and I'm like, why do I feel so run down? Mm -hmm. It's like, I, because I was active. Like, I I mean, I have a very sedentary job, you know, like we have very sedentary jobs. So, you know.
1: I've noticed that like, if I do a longer road trip, like if I were doing, you know, the the trip back to to Syracuse, if I do that in one shot, I am useless for like three days. Um,
0: Yeah, that's a rough, I mean, that's a long drive.
1: And this, like, this trip is, you know, it's three and a half hours, like each way. So like, that's not bad. It's, it's enough to like, okay, my back's feeling a little sore, but like we get there, we walk around, we eat, we have fun. And like, it's very relaxed, very loose. And then we get back in the car and do the same trip back. And it's, again, just very relaxed when we get home. But apparently that's enough. That, that must be enough. That's what Uh, did it for you. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. We are, we're bringing to a close, uh, sexy September. Are we not? We are. We are indeed.
0: Uh, yeah. I, I I actually do want to tell a story really quick about oh. butts.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. It's, Please go on.
0: <laughs> it's very important that I tell this story. So, so I, you might know this person too. I know somebody
1: with the last name of butts. I've known people with the last name of butts plural. Never single butts though. plural. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. So never single, but I. So I know someone with the last name of butts, and I I knew this person just you know friends of friends for a long time. I didn't think that was their real last name. Oh no. Because my space age, this is when I knew this person. Sure, Everybody, sure. Everybody I mean, I'm Michael Fight, right? Yep. Like I knew people who had And I'm Sabrina all sorts Buckets. Of- <laughs> And you're Sabrina Buckets, right? Everybody had, you know, all those, like, early 2000s hardcore emo kids. Everybody had a nickname. Yep. And I knew somebody with the last name of Butts, and I thought that that was just their, like, online persona. And I remember I was working at a fruit stand, Mm. let's say, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, this, you know, couple came in, and, you know, they were talking to me. They were an older couple, uh, you know, uh, I mean— now they're, they're probably like not much older than, yeah. <laughs> than me, but back then. I bet they woke uh, up know, feeling
1: like they were in a lot of pain too.
0: They definitely, and then they were like, how nah, we got to go all the way to the, to the mall? <laughs> uh, so I was, I was helping them and they were like, oh, you have a lot of tattoos. Like, you know, our daughter has a lot of tattoos as well. Like maybe, you know, her, this is her name. I mean, uh, you know, her last name now, Jesse. And I was like, I was like, oh, I mean, maybe like you know i don't know probably like i know people named Jesse, and and i was like oh what's the last name and and she was like butts and i was like haha oh Jesse butts i know Jesse butts i was like oh okay cool and so i'm helping them with their thing and then they're going through the process and they're like going through and i was like cool now i need you to put your last name and she was like it's butts i already told you that i was like ha i was like yeah i was like no but like the real last she was like no our real last name is butts and i was like oh my god Because I was, like, laughing at the name Butts, and they were like, no, 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 that's that's really our last name. And I was like, oh, my God. So here's the thing,
1: is that for the longest time, I also thought that was a made-up last name until, like, as an adult interacting with this person and with other people who knew them and realizing, like, nope, 100% real. Just...
0: Just how it is. I mean, we we know. Well, I know someone. I think you you interact with this person as well. But we also know someone. The last name of Battles, uh-huh, uh-huh. and that is the coolest fucking name in the world. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, names are Battles. fucking
1: great. Like
0: names are great. I think, and then of course we have people that are only named darling oh there it hey, is there it there is, it is. You, you brought us into it really well but i i took us off course and uh, you brought so it right back. back
1: though well done brought it right well back done.
0: so that being said hello and welcome to the never heard of It
1: podcast i'm your host michael fight and i'm buckets <laughs>
0: Uh, uh, yeah, so closing
1: out sexy September. Closing out sexy, sexy September. So Michael, I want to I want to put a quick disclaimer at the beginning of this episode. The beginning being fucking twelve minutes in, because uh, <laughs> I know that sometimes when we when we review films and we talk about them publicly, uh, it attracts attention of people who are involved in the film and they listen. And sometimes it's like, oh, thanks for the the nice things. They're like, oh, these guys fucking hated us. Uh, I want to put right out there, I am going to say a lot of criticisms of this movie, but I want to make it's clear that it's not because i didn't enjoy the film so for if, if anyone who was involved in this film stumbles across this please bear with us understand i'm gonna be harsh but fair <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i i uh i'm i'm right there with you for this film because uh i watched this movie and throughout this entire movie i'm like man this is really cool I hope something happens. Yes, <laughs> that's. I was like, awesome. Wednesday Adams as a caretaker. <laughs> I can't wait for her to do something dope. And then, like, you kind of, but at the same time, like, but why?
1: But like, also, uh, Lauren Ashley Carter is serving up a lot of Jenna Coleman vibes in this film. Yeah, and I do, I I do get that. a lot of
0: that. Okay,
1: yeah. so first and foremost. Uh, this movie, Darling, uh, made in 2015, uh, sometimes also tagged as 2016. Uh, we found it streaming on Paramount Plus. So if yep. you're as uh, well
0: as Amazon Prime.
1: Okay. Yep. So if you're a Star Trek fan, you already have Param- Paramount Plus, so you know that you can watch this. If you are a Game of Thrones fan, you have Amazon Prime. Uh, or s- rings no, of power. Sorry, rings of power. If you're a rings of yeah. I, the better show. I just yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I just <laughs> I went through and was canceling streaming services earlier, so my brain's all fuddled <laughs> all over. There's so many. I just went
0: through and subscribed to Peacock, uh, so now my brain's <laughs> all over the place.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah so it's on uh, Paramount Plus and uh, an Amazon Prime. It's uh, um, it is. Very much an homage to, like, classic horror slash thrillers. Like, very Hitchcock-inspired. Oh, totally. I think think it's entirely fair to say uh, that Mickey Keating, the writer-director of this film, uh, was almost definitely going for, if not a direct Hitchcock-inspired vibe, then a Hitchcockian uh, genre-type film. And I think to the extent, uh, like, at your surface level... 100%, 100%. I think you nailed it. I think that you you totally you portrayed exactly the the vibe that you were going for. Um that said I have a lot of problems with this film. <laughs> I got a lot of problems. I got know, a people. lot of problems with you people. Uh, yeah. So it's all in black and white, which I think was fucking dope. And
0: very cool. I think it was I think that was like the right choice for the aesthetic yeah, too. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I, I like I don't think that this would have worked uh otherwise. Um, and you know, bef- before I start going into any, any more criticisms, why don't you kick us off with what the film is about?
0: Yeah. So th- this is, this is kind of a tough one because, uh, there's a lot of different descriptions of this movie and, none of, them uh, right. <laughs> none of them are right. So, so the, the main one for, uh, Darling on IMDb is a lonely girl's violent descent into madness. I would say... Sure. Like, if somebody said, like, after watching this movie and someone's like, oh, yeah, that's that film about a lonely girl's violent descendant into I would be like, I mean, yeah, but not really. Like, not really. Like, the lonely girl part, I think, is what throws me, because in no instance do we ever get the sensation that she is lonely. We never, like... It never, like, I don't ever fe- have her feel that emotion, or do they portray it in any way, at least not intentionally.
1: No, like, we don't get the sense that she's actually lonely, and honestly, Descent into Madness, I don't think, is even particularly accurate, because it's more of like, in Chapter 2, a switch flips, and, like, suddenly yeah. she's, like, a different person entirely. Uh, and that's that, that gets into one of my major criticisms. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so this movie is broken up into chapters. Like six uh, chapters,
1: I think, because I rem- yeah. remember the last one. Uh, being yeah, Demon chapter is, six is number six.
0: Yeah, so there is a longer uh, IMDb description which I will read uh, quickly, um, which I think probably captures a little more of it. But I think it's very long-winded for a film that maybe has like ten minutes of actual dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> In need of a full-time caretaker to look after a house, an elegant and enigmatic madam hires a lonely young woman. However, this is not an ordinary place. Indeed. This silent residence is the oldest building in the city, riddled with unpleasant stories of forbidden occult practices and terrible rumors of morbid hauntings. With such such a reputation, most people would turn down the, the madame's lucrative offer. Nevertheless, this lovely caretaker is up to the task, even though, right from the start, peculiar occurrences and blood-curdling sounds that permeate the empty, empty mansion's long corridors foretell an ominous fate. Under those circumstances, why is it that the room at the end of the hallway off-limits— Why? Can the the tormented keeper rid herself of the ever-growing voices inside her head? Now, this is another one where if somebody reads this to me after watching the movie, I was like, but not really.
1: Okay, so first of all, thank you, Nick Reganis, or whatever you pronounce your name, that wrote this uh, storyline synopsis. Uh, That actually... I feel like if you want to watch this movie, which I will not discourage you from doing in any way, like, again, understand, I enjoyed this film. um, Go into it with that full synopsis in your head because the movie doesn't give you any of that. And that's the primary complaint number one is that the movie just happens. There's no plot or story to understand what and why these things are happening. Uh, And so that... There you go. That's the story of the movie. But the movie doesn't tell you that.
0: Yeah. You know, and we we have said many times before, we love those sort of like, you just kind of pick up in the middle of a story yeah. and you watch, you know, it doesn't have to have like a a thing happens. Everybody deals with the thing. Oh, yeah, the yeah. thing resolves. It can just be like, all right, you got dropped in the middle of this scenario. Now you're going to watch these people, you know, do their life. And that's fine. But this definitely starts off with a scenario. It gives you some sort of scenario where we see a person being hired to be a caretaker, you know, the um, the madame. It, who, by the way, is played by Sean Young, um, who I freaking love Sean Young. Uh, you know, everybody is gonna know Sean Young from Blade Runner, um, or she plays Rachel in Blade, uh, Blade Runner. Okay. Or your, uh, the original and uh, the reboot. Or you're gonna remember her as uh, Lieutenant Einhorn from Ace Ventura. Oh, that's right.
1: Uh, she was yes. also in the uh, 84 Dune as uh, Shawnee.
0: Oh, in, in Dune, yeah. right, as well. I remember her, though, because I am me, uh, as as the character Ms Hyde in Dr. Jekyll and Ms. Hyde. Oh yeah. Which is such a great movie. And it was part of this weird, like, like genre of films that happened in the 80s to 90s, where like people were turning into the opposite sex all the time. You know, where like there would be this experiment of like Oh, I woke up and I'm accidentally a woman now. Like, it, it was a very, very weird genre, like, micro-genre of films that just got really popular <laughs> during the 80s and 90s. We
1: don't have time in this episode, but I feel like that that deserves some attention some and dissection of, like, you know, was that um, people who... Uh, were identifying as trans but unable to kind of be public about that, kind of writing their own stories into uh, movies? Or was that a, like, backlash against, like, oh, my God, the, the cross-dressers and the Satanists are going to get you sort of thing that was also happening right. in the 80s? Like, maybe both.
0: <laughs> maybe both. It, was, it just depended on the film. Yeah. <laughs> so... So this film starts off with we meet our caretaker who is only referred to by the name Darling, mm-hmm. um, and uh, who, who again, played by Lauren Ashley Carter. Uh, and and you're right, very much uh, Jenna Malone, Claire from The Doctor, like you know, she's school marm dressed, but like mm-hmm. also a little bit of Wednesday Adams. She has this very like black dress with the white collar, yep. you know, the the straight hair, you know, or the the like you know very framed hair it feels a little like she's spooky, which is, I think, what throws it off is because the idea of this film is that she comes in and is corrupted by the house, but that's not how I felt it.
1: No, in, like, so we get the scene where she's, you know, being welcomed in the house for the first time and the madame is like oh like you know i'm I'm surprised that you even responded to our ad given our our reputation and she's like what reputation oh i definitely shouldn't be telling you this and it's like really sketchy like you're like you want to see her reaction to this like you're telling her this on purpose and apparently the previous caretaker jumped from the roof and died uh and like that's the end of that discussion, and we have this person who, uh, darling, looks like she is a little bit of a like you said Wednesday Adams sort of like kind of spooky character himself herself, uh, confident and like fine with the fact that she's in this uh, objectively gorgeous old like New York oh like, man this is brownstone beautiful. or something, uh, and, I mean the floors, the woodwork everywhere, the like the tile. Oh my God. Absolutely gorgeous home. And you know, she's wandering around it all by herself uh, for like no other context other than she's a caretaker. We don't know why she's taking care of this home. There's no like family or children she's looking after. Like she doesn't do anything. She's never like cleaning or cooking or anything like that, that you would expect like an in-home like servant type role would fill. Uh, so, like, again...
0: And it's clear that she is getting paid to be there. Literally she just not to paying. be there, yeah. yeah. Like, it's yeah. Just
1: not like, you know, she's not Airbnb in the place or something. She's just there. Right. There. Um, but, yeah, so the first night she's wandering around and, like, I made the very... Uh, Mixed results decision, uh, mostly positive, though, to uh, watch this film, again, on my, my iPad with my headphones on. Uh, and I will tell you, um, while I have a lot of complaints about the sound in this film, uh, if you're going to watch this and you have access to a pair of newer Apple headphones that have spatial audio do that because there's a lot of creepy fucking whisper including like in the first like few minutes there's a scene where like if i had been watching this on my tv i would not have heard that and it would have been odd that she kind of like stomps and looks around like she heard something because i wouldn't have heard it but with my headphones on i just hear it. i'm like where the fuck what that? was that from? and you know it was kind of like off behind my right ear uh yeah. and like that that was an experience, and I appreciated that. But, yeah, like, she starts hearing whispers, and she's like, oh, that's weird. And, like, she wanders around, she finds a door that's locked, and she can't get in. And, it like, it seems like she's more, like, fascinated by it. And she goes to sleep that night, no problem. But then, like, the next day, she's terrified of everything.
0: Yeah, there, there is a really weird shift in this movie. And... I think this is another one of those really uh, great examples where the movie was created and then they like added an extra plot to it. So here's so so the the plot is she gets into this house, it's creepy, it has a reputation, she finds this locked door it drives her to madness for whatever, you know, whatever reason, whether it's demons or something. But we learned that mm-hmm. uh, supposedly somebody attempted to summon demons uh, at this place. And there's, uh, she sees a uh, scratched into, uh, by her bed, was, uh, abyss, abyssum, invoc, uh, in invocat.
1: Invocat, yeah, which means one hell summons another. Yeah, which that's, okay. That is a very yeah. cool inscription. <laughs>
0: so uh yeah, so like we we see that there's some sort of occult thing happening, right? Mm-hmm. So the idea is she's gonna be possessed by whatever spirits are in the house, or you know, maybe it's just the story, the idea that this that there is occult things happening in this house is driving her insane to be like, well, there is because you told me there is. Yep. But there's this other plot. That doesn't make sense. No, it's like it is. It was basically like pick one or the other because either one would have been fine. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they both exist at the same time makes you leave the movie being like, well, which? What was the actual plot? Like, which one was actually happening? Because either is fine. Both of them would have been cool. Yeah. But I need to know which one I was supposed to care about.
1: Yeah. So uh, like on like day two or three, she goes out and she she gets a bag of groceries from a local corner store and is walking back and this man stops her and like startles her as he grabs her shoulder on the street uh, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry for for frightening you. You dropped this and he holds up this necklace that she had found in the drawer uh, in her room as she was literally just taking her clothes out of, clothes out of her suitcase and just shoving them in drawers. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, like
0: me yeah, every time I go to a hotel. Yeah, yeah but like. Uh,
1: <laughs> You're you're here to to like to watch over this home and like that. Like if I saw that as the homeowner, I'm like, how am how am I supposed to expect you to take care of my home if you're just shoving your right. clothes in drawers?
0: You can't even fold your clothes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's this is this uh, necklace of a crucifix, which if you're not paying a, uh, close enough attention right away, you might miss that the crucifix is actually upside down. Uh, yes. Which is, of course, they typically use as a symbol of the satanic or the occult, of blah, 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 because, you know, Jesus, whatever. Um, but she starts having these weird flashbacks, of like, or flash forwards, or premonitions, or something. We don't know. But she sees blood. She sees people, like, her and this guy screaming and struggling and whatnot. This, you know, kind of violent encounter. And it really has her shaken. Uh, but. Uh, this is a good point to, to mention the the flip side of watching this movie with headphones on uh, is that while they do some really cool things with the the whispers and there is some like really fun like tension building music and stuff like that this is one of those films that relies entirely too much like to the point of being a crutch on like quick cuts and loud music to or loud yeah. noises or whatever to give you jump scares rather than just building tension. And I fucking hate that. It's so played out. It's so tedious. It like it just it's distracting when like you know, if if you don't have enough of a uh, of a plot to fill up an hour and 45 minutes, then leave out all the weird repetitive bullshit quick cuts make it an hour 10 or whatever you have to do. But like, yeah, it's honestly, it's, it, it added nothing to the film and it was distracting. And so like, this is one of those examples where like, we just see those and like, we don't understand why. And she like, just drops her bag of groceries in an alley and like decides to follow the guy to like where he works or lives or whatever. And like, why? What?
0: Why? Yeah. It's really weird (laughs) because in the end of the movie, we get this inclination that it sounds like uh, this person had hurt her sometime in the past. Mm-hmm. But the dots don't really connect very well because, like, uh, it, we'll get there. But so she sees this person. She is genuinely freaked out. Yeah. I mean, this woman literally looks like she saw somebody get torn in half by their bare hands. Yeah. Like, she is visibly distraught, you know, like, horrified, like terrified horrified not just like oh what was that like i've just seen the worst craziest thing in my life horrified yeah and and it's really interesting because again there's no merit to it we don't feel like like when she's horrified i'm like what the fuck are you doing like i don't understand what's happened like why are you so scared right now like you seem crazy yeah what is happening right now Like, like it doesn't make me want like it doesn't Bowed me to her case, I guess.
1: We as the audience only see the like quick snippets of like the bloody faces and stuff like that. So like we're supposed to assume that like she knows something about this guy, but she doesn't indicate that she knows anything about him or that she knows him at all. And she, like, if anything, just seems like she's absolutely terrified because like these flashes maybe are happening in her head and that's what she's seeing. And she's like, oh my God, this guy's going to kill me or something like that.
0: Yeah, it is, it is really interesting because it's, it because the way the film starts, because she's like, oh, I just, I just got to the city. I'm here to be the caretaker. You don't, you can't place, you, you can't like place it in a timeline of like, oh, she met this guy, he assaulted her and now she's run into him again. And then, yeah, you know, and now the movie is going to progress of like her freaking out because she ran into her abuser But the timeline doesn't work out that way. So to, to, as the audience, as somebody who was watching this movie, I was like, I don't understand who this person is. You know, you say like it was a flash forward, maybe. But again, like if that was the house, like fucking with her, but like we don't really see the house fuck with her. So I couldn't make that connection. I was like, I don't understand what she's seeing. And it doesn't even pay off in the end. So I was like, like, I, I don't really understand what she's seeing.
1: I have a pretty strong theory of what it all means. But again, the, the movie doesn't give us enough to be sure. And not even in like the, like, oh, it's a mystery. It's like, no, you just didn't tell us anything.
0: <laughs> you just didn't tell us. Yeah. Or even allude to.
1: So yeah, like she goes about her business. She gets a phone call on the like old fashioned uh, rotary phone, uh, which this is another thing that the the movie tries to do. And does does an okay job. I, I will give them credit. For this uh, they they did the thing where it's very nebulous of like what time period this is set in. Like you know, again, it's black and white. It's shot in New York City, and you are not going out and filming outdoors in New York City, in, like in the two thousands, and capturing anything that that looks like it's from an older time. You're just not going to New York City. Right. Is I mean, New York unless City. your
0: budget is like you know a hundred million dollars yeah. or something.
1: Uh, yeah. So like they they were really. Uh, really thoughtful with like the aerial shots. They were far enough out that like you could see cars and headlights and whatnot, but you couldn't really make out the cars. The times it was street level and you see cars go by. It's so quick that like, you really shouldn't be paying attention. I was looking for it because I wanted to see like, okay. When are they setting this? Because the house yeah. is obviously very old. Uh, they had the the rotary phone that is actually in use. Uh, she is in kind of like a, a little bit of like a late mid century uh, costume, and so was the madam. Uh, and you know the the guy that she meets is just like classic like business suit. So it's really super nebulous. Later on, we see his license his driver's license uh and i actually paused and looked and it said the expiration date was 1971. so it sounds like this was probably supposed to be said in like the mid to late 60s which cool like you like again that they 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 pulled that vibe off. Uh, it it took some research to understand what time period it was supposed to be, um, but I think they did a pretty good job with that. But so she gets the phone call and she starts to tell the, the man like, "Yeah, there's this room that I can't get into," and the lady's like, "Oh no, you must never open that door." But like doesn't explain why or you know, give any background or like that's just it. And meanwhile, darling is still just hearing like creepy ass whispers and just having like full on like.
0: House on Haunted Hill, mm-hmm. you know, creepy fast-forward head-shake moments. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, her, you know, again, the descent into madness, you're right, Caleb. It is more of a snap. Yeah. It is like she shows up, she feels very innocent, but maybe kind of spooky. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, she's gone mad. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well but what what trick because like it doesn't feel like the house it feels like she made she brought the madness into the house Mm -hmm. because we don't ever really get i i just couldn't make the connection between house you know creepy house and creepy girl affecting each other
1: and like she starts to hear like kind of classic haunted house noises like creaking floorboards and bumps in other rooms and like She's laying in bed looking at the the uh the Latin scrawled on the the bedside table and the door opens and slams next to her like that was a good jump scare. Like sure. when I when I say that I hated the way that they used sound to create jump scares, this I liked because like it was a very like I spent this entire movie w- paying more attention to the background I think than to the the actors because I was looking for those like ambient moments. I was looking for like how are they trying to create dread in a more sub uh, subconscious or subliminal way? And so like I saw the door start to open before the slam and it still got me.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I you know you said it in the beginning of the show, but I completely agree with you that if uh, if um, uh, Mickey Keating's goal was to make a hitchcock like film, but with a modern horror take to it, he he definitely did it. Yeah, right. Like yeah, like he he did pull this off, and I will give it to him that visually there is a lot of amazing shots in this movie but I think but I think when it comes to writing dialogue, what little of it in, there is in this movie mm-hmm. and setting a story that people follow along, I think that's where he faltered yeah beautiful this is a beautiful movie absolutely uh I mean the scenes it, it is very very well shot. Um, and I mean, the you majority know, of it we have takes to give place it to...
1: just in that one house, and like there's yeah. so much to admire just in the house, and like you don't like you don't have to do a lot to like just you know, those establishing shots, just like the tight close up of the phone, like yeah. or like oh. they like. They just the view through the bathroom door and like all you see is like the the tile floor and like the old fixtures and everything like it's just it's really, really, really well laid out that whoever was the director of photography like understood. Uh, Mac,
0: Mac Fiskin.
1: All right. Mac understands how to get a get a shot. And I absolutely appreciated that.
0: Yeah, which it looks like Mac has worked on all of uh, Mickey's uh, films. Oh, that makes uh, sense. So that's yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what I really loved the most about this is that they really used static shots well. Yes, there is a lot of just like the camera is set up, and and uh, this is another one of those things where if written better. Uh, The house could have been a character in itself, and I feel like like the house is very underutilized.
1: I got some, like, super, super subtle, like, House of Leaves-type vibes early on, but, like, they didn't pay off. And I think, exactly to your point, like, the house as a character, like, that's, I mean, it's a bit of a trope, but also it fucking works when it's done right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and they definitely have the opportunity to to really lean into that, but the house sort of feels like it it falls back into the scenery, right? Mm-hmm. Like it we don't I don't get the sense throughout the entirety of this movie even with the chapters sort of leading us on to that and even with the the you know, descriptions and the plot descriptions saying that this is that this house was making her feel this way. I never got the sense that the house was doing anything to affect her mood. And even in the end of the movie, they almost negate all of that Mm -hmm. with the phone call that she gets. And it's basically like, well, we're going to undo everything that we said, the reason why this film is happening with this phone call. And it was kind of like, oh, well, then what was the point of the house? Yeah, (laughs) You know, like the house could have just been anywhere then at that point.
1: So in, in her quote-unquote descent into madness, we see her start to basically like stalk the man that she ran into on the street until like one day she follows him into a bar and as she's sitting there, he comes over to join her and it's the whole like, hey, are you here by yourself? You look familiar. Oh, I just have one of those faces. And this whole scene, all I can think of is how fucking just like fully horned up this guy has to be to sit and like here are these very very clear audio and visual cues from from this woman of like just very stiff very furtive very like shady honestly uh responses and like not really making eye contact and like he'd ask her a question she'd be like why why do you ask and like very very suspicious character and he just takes it all in stride like buys her drinks and then she's like do you want to go back to my place and he's like Yeah, let's do it. And it's like this. It's like, yeah, you've been an absolute jerk to me this entire time. Why would I not want to go back to your place? It's like, it's just, it's an incredibly stiff and unnatural uh, interaction. And I feel like if, like, if we're supposed to believe that, like, she's trying to, like, lure this man for some reason, which, spoiler, she is, uh, like, she would maybe try harder Uh, And if if anything, it feels like she does everything possible. Like she puts herself in that situation and then does everything possible to sabotage it. And he just goes right along with it. And I don't know if maybe that was the point. Like we're supposed to take away that like this dude is such a sleaze that like he doesn't give a fuck. He like he thinks he's going to get some. But like we don't get that from him at all. No, that's
0: see. That's the other thing that that really bothered me about this movie is because it it felt like. They shoehorned in making this person this this guy to to be a bad guy, Mm -hmm. and which fine if that's the again sure pick your plot. If that was the plot you were going to go with, then cool. This is a really awesome female revenge story with a spooky vibe. But that is not what actually has happened because again we can't make that connection. And you're right, he is he is very like. I don't know, I'll go with the flow. Like, hey, I was hitting, you know, yes, he's totally hitting on her, Mm -hmm, right? Like, mm -hmm. it is very clear he is hitting on her, and it, you know, it's very cliche, but whatever. Now we know it was the 60s, and, you know. Yeah. Sure. But she actively does whatever she can to get him to go the fuck away, you know? And, like, one, why was he, like, she is... whether there's two things she's putting off. She's putting <laughs> off vibes of, like, I am very not interested. But she is also putting off vibes of, like, I'm going to stab you in my dining room. Yeah. She ends up stabbing him in her dining room, which I'm like, she puts off that vibe of like, I'm going to fucking stab you. And he's like, hook," you know, and it's like, what is happening?
1: And like, I mean, if if the vibes that she was giving off at the bar weren't enough, when she takes him back to a place that he recognizes and knows to be considered haunted, uh, and he's just like... I would never have thought you'd live here. And she's like, why, why is that? Is it because you're one of the nice guys? And I'm just like, what is happening? And he's just like, yeah, I mean, I, I think so. And like, she invites him back for a brandy, but then serves him whiskey. That's another thing that like, should have triggered uh, <laughs> his, his radar, but like, he's, like he Like red care. flags everywhere. And you know, then, like she, she walks in the kitchen and like brings out the whiskey and she walks back in the kitchen and brings out two little snifter glasses and pours them and serves him one, and then she walks back in the kitchen all while she's, like, making this rant about him being a nice guy and, like, what could he possibly want with little old her in this haunted house? And she comes out with a knife and just stabs the fuck out of him. Uh, yeah. And first of all, first of all, um, we've already established how nice this house is, right? Right? Yeah. Um, thank you, Mickey. Thank you for understanding that you're not going to pour gallons of blood on those hardwood floors uh, and fuck them up forever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but also she stabs him like 37 times. There would be a substantial amount of blood on that floor. Violently. And there is none. <laughs>
0: yeah. It, it's like, and there's like maybe four specks of, uh, specks of blood on her face too. Like it is definitely like, where did all the blood go? But so here's the thing in a better written movie you could basically be questioning whether any of this is really happening uh-huh. because like we got the flash of of her like seeing this guy in the future where she's on her bed in this house mm-hmm. He comes in and he's you know he's attacking her. It doesn't. I'll be, I'll be honest. It doesn't feel sexually charged. No. But like he is like grabbing her and he's like you know trying to grab at her face and he's like choking her and she's screaming and like trying to push him away. But it's flashes of it. Yeah. So that's all we see. And they're both fully clothed. Mm-hmm. You know. So it definitely feels like he's just coming in to murder her. It doesn't feel sexual assaulty at all. Um. It, it, at least from my perspective. Yeah. And then we could have set it up, though, where it was like she just, the house gave her this vision of of this guy being this crazy abuser, drives her crazy, she takes him back and kills him, and the whole time he's like, what the fuck, dude, I didn't do anything wrong. Like, I don't even know you. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's kind of even what he said. He was like, what did I do? Like, I don't understand. And she's stabbing the fuck out of him. It's But again, in a better movie, <laughs> we could have been like, she's gone crazy, but instead we're like, I don't know why you're doing this.
1: Yeah. And so like, apparently he lives through the like 37 stabbings. And so she gets a plastic bag and like strangles him and then duct tapes it over his head and drags him into the bathroom. Again, no blood anywhere, which again, practical Caleb, Thank you for not ruining those gorgeous floors. But, like, movie sure. watcher Caleb, where the fuck is all the blood? Um, and she drags I, him into... I stabbed my hand with a
0: tiny little steak knife, and I was I was picking up blood droplets over my kitchen for weeks. Yeah.
1: Because it was splurting everywhere. Seriously. Uh, she drags him into the bathtub and has, like, a weird freak out moment and then just goes and lays down in the bed. And then we get another weird, like, kind of glitchy, trippy uh, sequence where, like, he gets out of the the bathtub and walks into the bedroom where she's laying and then we see the attack happen. But like did it? Because then like the next day the body's back in the bathtub. Was she yeah. dreaming? We don't know.
0: See th- again like we could have set up a we could have set up the house as a character that's corrupting her mind and making her paranoid, mm-hmm. right? Paranoid mm-hmm. delusions, seeing things that aren't really happening. And that would have been cool. So up to this point in the movie, had they done better setup in the beginning about the house, you know, being a corruptive force and these chapter markers, by the way, make no sense. As you're watching the movie, I'm like,
1: none of that didn't make any sense. No, they didn't add anything.
0: Yeah. So she eventually cuts up the body, throws it away, you know, gets rid of it. Then we, you know, at the end, of, it's it's now the end of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Towards the end of the movie, and we get a phone call, and mind you, the madam has been calling, or at least a phone call has been happening this entire movie, Yeah, and she's been ignoring it. Once she brings the guy back to the house, she keeps ignoring the phone, right? Because the, the madam has been making regular checkup calls. Yeah. So finally, she answers the phone, and the madam's like, we finally checked your references, And, you know, Dr. Abbott told us everything that happened, and she was like, oh, Dr. Abbott said I was fine, but that man deserved what he did to me, and, like, I don't regret a thing. I couldn't let him live with it. I couldn't let him live with it, implying that she killed somebody. Mm -hmm. And this doctor, you know, after she was caught killing this person, basically, you know, was like, hey, you're good to go back into society now, you know, after your mental breakdown or whatever, which undoes all of the house's spooky and corrupting her like I mean there wasn't much of it but it undoes all of it because yeah. then it's like the house isn't creepy she's a psychopath like that's that's the, how this story paid out now the guy's a victim but, he's not
1: yeah, and you know the the madam is like I, we don't care like just like we just want you to leave you can keep the money just please leave the house but like Again, we don't understand, like, if she is supposed to have actually done something or if she just lied about her references to get into the house. We don't know any of that. The only theory that I have is that supposedly the the house, like, had demons in it. So maybe uh, the previous caretaker was driven mad by the demons and killed herself. uh, And maybe it was the previous caretaker who was assaulted by this hairy whatever his name is. uh, And, like... The house was showing her like darling images of that, and she like maybe she's possessed by the previous caretaker's spirit and like decides to go for a revenge or something like that. But all of this is wild speculation on my part because the movie doesn't give us enough context to know. And then then she goes up and she opens the forbidden room and just like stands there screaming. And we see like from the, the camera facing her, we from like the perspective of the room, we never see in the room. So like, was it a like a portal directly to hell? Were there bodies in there? Was it like just a void of nothing? Was it a mirror of the house? And like, she saw herself looking at her. Like, I can think of a, like a dozen things off the top of my head that would have been interesting to see in that room. But also, like, if the movie had given us more to build on, like, we didn't need to see in that room. So, like, that shot, I don't specifically have a problem with it. I have a problem with it, like, because we have nothing else to go on, this gives us nothing.
0: I So, this is my theory, right? And I you touched on this a little bit. So, I don't think the madam is real. I think the madam is the spirit of the house okay. or the spirit of the original house. Because of the scene in the end when we see uh, Miss Hill, um, who is played by Al Nissa Petty, um, and she's, you know, knocking on the door being like, somebody said that there was a murder here, like, we need to eat in the house. I think she owns the house yeah. now, and it's just is kind of left vacant but the madam has been bringing in caretakers to basically feed the the madness of, this is very like Haunting of Hill House, yeah. or not, uh, uh, House on Haunted Hill, right? Where the ghosts bring all of the relative, spoilers, where the ghosts bring <laughs> all of the relatives back, all of the people that were involved in the original massacre of, of the Haunted Hill House, yeah. back to the house to basically fuck with them. Yeah, Haunting of Hill House. That's kind of, yeah. yeah. So I think that, yeah, the, the uh, yeah. I think that's what this was, right? I think it was the caretaker as a spirit bringing in new, or the uh, madam as a spirit bringing in new caretakers, killing them, you know, or making them go crazy and kill people out of this revenge thing, which would have been, I think, more of a cliche thing. I think if they leaned into that, I don't think I would have liked this movie uh, more so. Um, But I think that's what, that was what it was intending to do, but it was just... That They left it too vague.
1: So that theory has weight, because did you catch that there's a, a mid credit scene? I did, okay. of the new yeah, caretaker. Yeah, so, like, we yeah. get basically a repeat of the opening sequence where the the madam is standing at the door with a new caretaker who is just credited as a new girl uh, yeah. and goes through the whole spiel, like, oh, I shouldn't be telling you this about the other girls, and, like, has this, like, smirk on her face. So, uh, I like, that that lends weight to your theory that like the, the madam is like somehow directly associated with the house and like the spirits of the house. And like, it's all about luring these, these girls in. But again, we don't, we don't get any sense of why like, is the house just like feeding on the, these girls, like their spirits as they kill themselves. Are they feeding on like the, the violence that it induces them to commit uh, or like, like what, like we, we just don't know. And so like this movie does so many things right from a, like a visual standpoint and just like from a technical standpoint, but just falls so short on giving us any kind of story.
0: The the idea is there. I mean, it really is like this, like even in watching this movie, I would be like, yo, this is an amazing idea. Mm -hmm. You negated all of your work though, by having her having darling, have that phone call, Mm -hmm. like that whole phone call ruined the movie for me because I was like, well, Yeah, so she's just crazy. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, well, I don't care about the house anymore then. Like, you know, like if they, if she wouldn't have had that phone call at all... I would have been like, cool, the house drove her mad, but that's not what happened. She was mad and came to the house, which happened to also be mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, which coincidentally happened to be haunted. I just think they undid, you know, uh, he undoes a lot of his work mm-hmm. um, and left out opportunities to do more work again. The house as a character should have happened.
1: And they did some kind of interesting stuff with the the phone calls, too, where, like, you... like. You hear the madam's voice, kind of very far away, very faint, like a like a weak telephone line connection, like you might have had in mid century, um, and then like you hear a lot of like the house noise, kind of overlapping and sometimes like completely covering over the the woman's voice, so like. And again, like that, like really faint, almost like from a radio in another room, sort of voice over the phone, coupled with the voices that she hears in the house, the whispers and whatnot. Again, Lynn's credence to the idea that like, that phone never rang. There was no yeah. one that called that house. And yep. like, that could be really interesting. Again, like, you know, yes, cliche, but like could have worked really well. It just doesn't.
0: It doesn't. Yeah. Uh um yeah and then the officers at the end were like almost too goofy yeah like they were almost cartoonish to the point where i was like who are these bozos you know like it was very like you know and i get now like you know where you're like oh it was the 60s -hmm. i just didn't think of time in this at all but now i look back and i'm like sure maybe but like they do it's the 60s but they just look so cartoonish
1: they do find body parts in a plastic bag just sitting in the hallway landing so like Sure. She did kill the guy that much. We well, it can... wasn't
0: trash day, Kilo. I mean, <laughs> you can't just Dump it out. Yeah. Like that's,
1: you can't just take <laughs> a body out into into, you know, dump it in the trash in New York, just any day of the week that you want. You gotta get it on the right, right day. Oh, body
0: I... pickup is Tuesday. <laughs> so. Mattresses are Wednesday. Yeah. Appliances are Thursday. <laughs> that's how I imagine 1960s New York city was. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's really unfortunate, but I mean when it all boils down to it, the question we ask, should you watch this movie?
1: I think that for the like the visual elements and like the technical things that Mickey and the, the rest of this cast and crew get right. Sure, if you want just kind of like a like a like creeping dread kind of spooky, if you like Hitchcock style, uh give it a watch. Uh, yes, there's some, some blood, but not really a lot of gore. Like the IMDB warning was like, you know, severe, but really like she pretends to hacksaw the guy apart, but you don't see it. Uh, and there's a couple scenes where you see her naked in the shower. There's nothing sexual about it. She's just in the shower, staring vacantly at, uh, that's your content warnings. Um, but, and I think if you do watch it, watch it with headphones on so you can appreciate the, the creepiness of it, but don't do what I did. And, think like, Oh, faint whispers that are going to catch my attention every now and then let's crank the volume because no, they do a lot of just a sort of like high pitch noises and like loud bangs and stuff like that. Uh, again, the crutch of the jump scare, uh, that was unnecessary, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, we're coming right into the, the right season to, to watch just a, a quick little spook like this. I say, yeah, go for it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, as much as we've spent the past 40 minutes uh, or so kind of dumping on this movie, it's worth it for the visuals alone. Uh-huh. Um, I think the aesthetic of this movie is is very rewarding. Agreed. Uh, visually, audibly, you know, it has its moments of like you know, I'm turning it up, turning it down type thing. Um, But yeah, I think, I think aesthetically this movie really does it. And, and I, you know, uh, Lauren Ashley Carter, uh, you know, she's been in a lot of, uh, things otherwise, um, you know, uh, more recently, uh, what was the one I just saw? Um, That I was like, oh, yeah, oh, there was a once bitten short that she was in. For sure, probably not related to the Jim Carrey movie. But she's been in a lot of, like, spooky, weird movies like
1: this. Yeah, it seems like she does mostly a lot of, uh, like, indie horror type stuff um, or indie thrillers. She did, she was in an episode of SVU, so uh, there's always one. There's always one,
0: (laughs) yep. Uh, And it looks like her big break was in uh, the uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt film Premium
1: Rush, too. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. But yeah, I yeah, think the that, bike. honestly, I think that like her performance, given the writing, her performance was great, and I think that sure. she was absolutely the right pick for this character of Darling. Uh, I wouldn't change a thing about that. And I think the, you know the costume department, spot on. I think the yeah. the you know the the photography, spot on. The music was really good. The sound mixing, not so much. Uh, and again, like the, the effects that they used were, were overused. Um, but yeah, all that, it was a very enjoyable film. Uh, and if you're not going into it to pick it apart, like we do, I think you'll have a good time. (laughs)
0: I definitely think you'll have a good time. And I think if you go into it knowing, you know, Caleb said this earlier, but if you go into it knowing what the movie is supposed to be about, I think you'll feel better about it. Mm-hmm. You might pick it apart a little more because, again, I really think that that phone call negates the work of the whole movie. Mm-hmm. I think it I think it tries to explain something that didn't need to be explained. And then it doesn't um, think, actually explain it. It, just, it, it. it leads to more questions. It leads to more questions, yeah. Because I think if she never got that phone call... And you're just left to be like, yeah, she went into this house, went absolutely crazy, killed some random dude, and then, you know, whatever, she gets busted or something, you know, because that's kind of how you're left and you're like, Well, she gets arrested, right? Or she no, goes she, into the roof. She goes up
1: to the roof and kills herself. Oh, that's, that's right. The, she jumps off the roof. That's the implication. Yeah. Again, we you know.
0: Yeah. Cause she says like, you know, I'll be like one of the other, I'll be you know, one I'll just of your be ghost another ghost stories one of now, which great that's line. a great line. Yeah. Such a great line. I love that line, you know? And, and that's the thing. Like if that's how the movie ended, she, you're just like, wow, like the house drove her to this crazy thing. Yeah. That's how I would have left that movie. But now I'm like, so she was psycho before, and then the house just amplified it or, she was fine in the house, and like, or the house is normal, but she's just psycho. Like,
1: what is the which, w- what's the, what's your goal? I like, I mean, we could keep going on this all day, probably, but even the idea, like, if she like had a pre existing mental health condition and that is what like the house was attracted to or something like that, right? Yeah, I could see that because, like, a lot collecting of collecting
0: wayward girls, yeah,
1: a lot of haunted house type stories do specifically prey on people who are already predisposed to uh, like some sort of weakness, like, like they're already, um, they're already terrified of something or they're already battling some sort of inner demon, or they already have like a, like mental health struggles and like the house just like picks them apart a little at a time and like really like feeds off of that negative energy. Cool. Like you can make that work, but again, like just, it didn't.
0: It didn't. Uh, Yeah, so as mentioned, this film is available on Paramount Plus and Amazon Prime. Now, there are several movies named Darling, Mm -hmm. so you want to make sure you're looking uh, specifically for the one that came out in 2015, 2016, that stars Lauren Ashley Carter.
1: Which, uh, it's also uh, fun to to take note that Lauren Ashley Carter is in a 2019 horror thriller called Darling, with no G, uh, which is a sequel to 2011's *The Woman*, which I, I'm not familiar with, uh, yeah. but she does not play the character of Darlin'.
0: Interesting. Yeah. That's a fun little uh, <laughs> fun trivia. Oh my god! Uh, thing about that. Cooper Andrews is in that. Wait, who is Cooper Andrews? Cooper
1: Andrews is Jerry in *The Walking Dead*. Oh. He's one of my favorite characters, and I love him so much. He was also in um, the uh, *Aquaman: King of Atlantis* uh, miniseries. Um, and I think he's done some like voice acting. Oh, he was, he was, uh, Victor Vasquez and Shazam. So he's, he's been around like you've seen him. Oh yeah. yeah I yeah. just, I love yeah. him so much. He's just such a, a, a just a fun, lovable person. Cool. <laughs>
0: so, yeah. Uh, I
1: wonder if Darlin's any good. <laughs> <laughs> Darlin is better than darling.
0: Maybe, maybe, uh,
1: Yeah. So, uh, Hey,
0: did you watch this movie? Let us know. So I messed up last week or this past bonus episode. And I definitely said we were watching zombie strippers again, because technically when we recorded that bonus episode, zombie strippers was the next review that was coming out. Mm. But that episode actually aired a couple of days ago after our review of zombie strippers. Yeah, so I definitely fine. messed up on that part. I,
1: it's fine. I was a little confused by that, but I just assumed you knew what you were talking
0: about. <laughs> yeah, I, I had no clue what I was talking about. I was uh, quite off off my kilter, I guess. Uh, a house was possessing me. Um <laughs> So there it is. So, so that's a good lead in to our spooky October where we're doing found footage October.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Curated, uh, specifically for us by our, our Night Shift Radio's very own, uh, Casey Ryan of the Hero HeroCast and Where No Mama's yeah. Gone Before, uh, who has told us, uh, on, on the record that for him, uh, found footage, uh, is, uh, what, uh, rom-coms are to Michael Fight. So, um, yeah. It's his, it's his
0: jam. So he's, he's got a really good list. So I'm excited to hear, uh, or to watch the movies that he's got, uh, lined up for us and, you know, keep listening to our bonus episodes and you'll hear what episodes they are. Yeah. Yeah. Hell Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so there it is, everyone. Thanks a lot for joining us. You know, again, make sure you're following us over on social media. Uh, Night Shift MG is our main account. That's where we post about all of the things going on in, in uh, Night Shift Media Group about all of our podcasts and things going on. And then, of course, the Nahoit Podcast uh, over on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, yeah, so thanks a lot for joining us. And as always, make sure to share with 100,000 of your closest caretaker friends. And
1: each one of them will go slowly mad and kill 100,000 of theirs. Uh, closest random guys on the street and you know the word will spread <laughs> and that's that's just how podcasts grow
0: uh, <laughs> so there it is everyone thanks a lot and we will see you next time
1: hello I'm M.
0: and I'm Eyes
1: and welcome to our brand new podcast Tipples and Tolkien
0: let us be your guides as we return to Middle Earth this fall with the premiere of the new Amazon show Rings of Power
1: we'll discuss episodes with you tell tales of old and even bring you a brand new tipple recipe every week to enjoy
0: you can find us on all major podcast platforms as well as twitter which is at tipples tolkien that is t-i-p-p-l-e-s-t-o-l-k-i-e-n and instagram at tipples and tolkien
1: so cozy up
0: pour yourself a drink
1: and come on a journey with us this fall on tipples and tolkien